Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to another episode of the SC Report. We're previewing round 22 here. It's Wenon, joined by Justine. How are you going? Yeah, I don't even... That doesn't deserve a response. I'm good, mate. Uh, Supercoach season is into head-to-head finals, which I'm pretty big on, as you're well aware, as a head-to-head player. So, giving up on that overall business. So, getting into a good time of year. It's warming up. Unfortunately, we spent the day, uh, the public holiday, together here at work, but... Yeah, it could be worse. It's not warming up. Yeah, well, it's my jumper on. It's these uh, these beers that I got in front of me, mate. They're they're warming me nice, nicely. But well, anyway, yeah. So, well, you're just drinking beer. I'm currently having a bit of time off the booze, which is no fun. And uh, uh, just had a pre workout because I'm going to the gym after this. And uh, so I'm all fired up and ready for the podcast. Do you know what though? Now I just thought of it. So you're on this no whole no beer thing. There are about eight, I think there's 0.01%, like basically no alcohol beers that have been sitting in our work cupboard for about three years. They've got your name on it. Okay, surely, done. Surely. I'll, I'll make, you, can, you, can, you can sort them out. Can that, oh, we should make that a bet. Before the end of the pod, we'll make that a bet. Next, <sighs> next one has to uh, down two of those. Warm, not cool, warm. So don't forget, guys, to subscribe. Uh, it, the podcast will just appear magically in your feeds, either on iTunes, Spotify, Google, whatever you use, uh, and also leave some reviews as well. JT loves a confidence boost. So uh, please, we would really like and appreciate that. Uh, round Before 21. Before you go on, sorry, I'm going to just cut in here nice and quickly. I got my first little bit. It's not hate mail. Would you say it's hate mail? It's, well, a, I was about, it's a poor review. I was, I was about, well, it's, it's, I was about to say um, that... Uh, you did have a public apology last week for killing Turbo. Yeah. Um, so I think you've got another one now for all the Broncos fans. Oh, apparently, yeah. Well, just one in particular. So his na- he will re- remain nameless, but we got a little uh, email from him during the week that say he's a super coach NRL fan, Broncos member, and has always enjoyed the great content, yada, yada, yada. But recently I've had to cancel my following of your Wednesday podcast solely due to JT and his continual criticism of the Broncos. He doesn't mind banter. He's a big banter bloke, and the Broncos certainly haven't played well, but I don't listen to podcasts just to hear them bagged each week, which generally occurs when he's on. Generally? Undoubtedly occurs. If I'd say every single Wednesday, I'm uh, giving the Cowboys shit, and you're giving the Broncos shit. Oh, man. I live in Brisbane. I'm a big Cowboys fan. Like, I cop it day in, day out. So, nothing like a bit of banter. It's it's a game at the end of the day, but I'm sorry uh, to, to this bloke here that your, your poor Broncos that mustn't have been getting enough penalties And, and you promise or... never to give shit on the Broncos ever again. Oh, give it a, give it a couple of minutes. But at the end, of, like, he should be listening in, because the Broncos... 
somehow bloody won last week against the Cowboys. Yeah, that was a horrible I've game. Got a fr- oh, it was the worst. Yeah, that was the worst anyway. game. Worst game ever. So um, to any Broncos fans out there, I, I sincerely apologise for dropping truth bombs left, right. So what are you going to be apologising for next week? I don't know. Well, actually, ooh, I was looking at bringing in, say, Mitchell Moses this week. Ooh. So, <laughs> potentially. I haven't made the You've call heard it here first, folks. I haven't made the call, but he's against the Titans. I surely can't break him, can I? All right. Let's move along to the round 21 wrap-up. So, I scored uh, another pretty pretty crappy score. Fallen from grace from uh, top 400 now down to 1,300th overall. So, um, yeah, my season's not looking fantastic. What about you, JT? Uh, yeah, we won't talk about me. I've lost about 4,000 rankings in the space of two weeks. So I was already pretty ordinary. So I don't know how the hell I've managed that. But that's pretty impressive, right? You, you did ask me a very good question this week is, why are you on the podcast if you ranked 8,000? <laughs> well, why am I on there? All, all I'm here to do is just put shit on the Broncos. So that's that's what I'm here for now. As the head-to-head guy, you're the overall uh, yeah, that's, that's what I have to offer. So before we get into the main part of the podcast, let's run through our stake bets at the moment, the Wednesday night podcast battle. So we had a crappy uh, result last weekend, and, and they've pulled away. They're about 500. So Catfish and uh, Trent from Punchy, uh, um, you know, they're, they're pulling away. Yeah, I mean, we waved the white flag already. We're, we're pretty much done there. So we actually called Guy up earlier in the week here and just wanted to understand, what's he been doing with his year? What does he want to go and do? Like... What are we, where are we going to take him for this magnificent stake? And, and anyway, we'll play a piece of that interview for you now. Today we went to the drive-in at Bass Hill. We climbed the fence and he was like, Hey, oh, you dickhead! Fucking, what are you watching that shit for? I was like, hey, man! He's so sick, he scratches cars. He's mad, eh? Coffers, coffers. Punch him in the face. Coffers, coffers. But you're still a copper and you go. Hey, who's this? Hey, guys, you just <laughs> sit all down there, mate. What's going on? I don't know what they're doing on that Wednesday podcast, mate. But if that's that's what it takes to, to win 50 grand, going to drive-ins and, and scratching up cars, like that Wilfred sounds like an absolute wild animal. I don't know what's happening on that Champs podcast, but here, let's just be sensible. These guys, it's, I don't know That's where the of, hell... Out of control. Well, you guys, the, the guys need to pull their heads in. I don't know where the hell they're taking us, mate, but I, I can barely even understand that bloke, and I'm yeah. from North Queensland. Uh, just kidding, just kidding, guy, we love you. It's just that... <laughs> Uh, you have given us a bit of a hard time the Wednesday night podcast because I know you've been canning that steak for uh, quite a few weeks. Uh, look forward to buying it for you in uh, at the end of the season if you can make your way up. Um, Tuppany Watch. He's coming. He's coming. <laughs> he's coming. So he's averaged now 50 points per game since round 12. Our bet is 52 and a half. Um, it's getting very close. Yeah, I, still, I don't know how. I've called that one for about two months now. Yeah. That was looking fantastic. But out of nowhere, he's suddenly starting play, starting to play hour-long games. He's bumping off tackles. He's offloading. He's scoring tries. So a little bit worried there. But surely there's another 30-minute game just around the corner. JT versus Wenin, uh stake bet as well. So from round 17, uh, I've opened up a 210-point gap on you. I actually thought you forgot about this bet, but nope. here it is. No, yeah, no. good. You have been yeah. counting these stakes as well, and, and hopefully I'm going to be drawing them both back from you. And You can effectively, and I think this is only fair, um, if I win both of these stakes, you can buy Wilfred and Guy a stake. If it's a $2 stake from the Fox on a Sunday afternoon, for sure. Mate, you've just got I'll a promotion. You're better than that. <laughs> I'm not rolling it. Okay. Uh, let's move along to the latest news. We'll just move on to go through this really quickly. So, Sean Lane, um, a few things coming out in the last couple of days. That might have an impact from a super coach perspective because he could get suspended for a match. We just don't know what's happening, but worth mm. keeping your eye out. Um, Luke Garner did get suspended last night. 
uh, he misses a week. That's yeah, that's a disgrace. Interesting to see what happens with the Tigers lineup, where the Maddo uh, shift back to the edge. Uh, Moses and Bai and Farah uh, possibly out for the season. Uh, so that's pretty bad news for the, the Tigers. And then your boy, Maguire, the biggest grub in the game. He is out for three weeks. That was possibly the least grubby thing he's done all year. Oh, like, he put it, his hand down and he immediately took it off. But it's been a long time coming and it definitely caught up with him. I don't know why he didn't fight it, but anyway. So more minutes for Lolo, hopefully. So um, I thought last week and how we ran through the teams uh, or each of the games and focusing in on the ins and outs, uh, which we didn't do that well, but we will do it better today. But then also looking at the players of interest for each game worked pretty well for where we are at this stage in the season. So we're going to follow through with that again. Let's start on the Thursday night, Manly versus the West Tigers. So for the Seagulls, uh, who do they have coming into the side? So, a couple of injuries last week. So, Brad Parker and Curtis Sirenen are out. So, Brendan Elliott comes into the back line there, and Jack Gazewski comes in for Curtis Sirenen there. So, nothing overly super coach relevant there. And then moving along to the Tigers, you got Merson Bai, who was out. You got rookie Tommy Talau uh, to make his NRL debut. Um, unfortunately, that's a potential 2020 cheapy wasted. Uh, he will probably not start at rookie price anymore, mm. which sucks. Got to love seeing rookies up against Tommy Turbo and DCE, though, Ooh, in that yeah. back line. Mm. And then you got Jacob Liddell that takes over from Hooker from Robbie Farrell. I've just pulled him into my draft side this week, Ooh, good uh, holding on to him. Sneaky and then Josh Reynolds is named uh, amongst the bench. And what we did say earlier is that Luke Garner uh, will be out after being found guilty last night at the tribunal. Let's move on to the match preview and the players of interest, JT. This is an interesting game, particularly... Um, for the Trevojevic brothers and also for Marty Tapao and Ryan Madison. Yeah, that's it. So a couple of those, or nearly all those blokes have been in pretty ordinary outside of Maddo last week out of nowhere. But I guess to start with the the big one, the one everyone has is, is Tommy Turbo. So two weeks in a row he's gone 50s, which is just absolutely unheard of. Um, I mean, one of those was at Lotto Land. So this game unfortunately isn't there, but... It's Tommy Turbo. He can't, uh, surely he can't be down for too much longer. He's not injured. It's just for what he had horrible conditions to play in last week. The week before that, he was you know, an inch or two away from, from breaking free, but couldn't get it done. So for me, he's, there's no question he's a, he's a play this game, but oh, I, don't, I, don't know that, I don't know that I'm sticking the VC on him. Oh, I have to. Have yeah. to. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at maybe DC in this game, given I've, I've owned him, or even an eel on Friday 6 p.m. game against the Titans. So potentially just holding back off this one. So if we look at the Tigers, they've conceded under 50 points per game to fullbacks. Um, Teddy 68 and RTS 61, but I don't think they've played um, Turbo yet. No, so I think that was the first game of the year where he was injured. So this is the first time they've come up against him. And that must have been a tough loss last week as well. Rookie in the back line now. Um, oof, right for Turbo. Yeah, I think so. So think he's back to Lotto Land. Averaged over 100 points per game this year before the Knights' performance. So I'm backing him in VC. Jake Trevojevic. Um, I don't know. that that uh, And thanks, Carlos, for pointing this out in your Buy, Sell, Hold old article this week. But I uh, made that trade of uh, Kenny Bromwich to <laughs> Gerbo before he went bananas oh, against boy. the Broncos. An absolute shocking decision by myself. Um, I was just trying to add some depth. So he went along, played 80 minutes last weekend, but scored at 0.76 points per minute, which is not what you want. Mm. Um, it's very hard to leave him out of your side at home, but 
Yeah, unfortunately, all he's really doing is tackling. So last week, he got a little bit more of the ball in attack because they didn't want to shovel it along. It's wet conditions, playing through the middle and, and all that, and still only managed about 60. So that was a little underwhelming for me and played out the full 80, as you said. So the attacking stats, that's what's lifted Gerbo up into that gun status, linking up with his brother, linking up with Cherry Evans. It's going to happen. Yeah, it's gonna happen. I mean, it's due, but... He hasn't had an attacking stat since round 10. Hmm. Um, Martin Depower, so he had uh, produced no offloads in the past two weeks. So that's not like the Marty we know. He's averaged two per game this year. So um, I'm flirting with the idea of bringing in another keeper front row forward this week and sitting um, Marty. But uh, in saying that, you know, last time we played at Lotto Land, he scored a try. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. I mean, horrible conditions, as we said, but even then, that Knights game was a weird one. Didn't throw an offload. That's, that's bizarre. So Ryan Madison uh, had a huge game last week, played 76 minutes uh, due to injuries to Moses Mbai and also to Robbie Farah, uh, and he also got a couple of attacking stats there, so I think he had a line break, uh, but 65 points in pure base. Mm. Uh, interesting to see where he lines up, if it's at lock or on the edge with Garner out. Still flirting with the idea of playing him. It's it's basically a it's a free sixty points. It is, but it depends if you're chasing a, a bit more um, like I am. But basically, I'm tossing up between Mato and and Jake Trebojevic here. So, I reckon on the on what Mato can do and, and what Jake hasn't been doing, I'm, I'm leaning towards Madison here. Um, so that means that everybody else is playing. Oh, exactly. That's what I'm here for. So especially if Mato plays on on the edge there. So. Obviously, we've seen his scores are, are a lot higher in that, that region. Um, gets a little more attacking ball close to the line and that sort of thing. But he hasn't been doing it for me outside of last week when I sat him uh, against the Bulldogs. So that came back to bite me. So this week, I reckon he's back in for mine and I'll be benching Gerbo. Gold Coast Titans first para in the first game on the Friday night. So for the Titans, you've got Michael Gordon that comes into the 17. Uh, but AJ Brimson holds his spot at fullback. For the Eels, he got Kane Evans returns, Daniel Alvaro shifts to the bench, and then uh, Tapai Mariah um, has been dropped to the reserves. So as uh, an owner of uh, uh, quite a few Eels in my Supercoach side, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to this game. Uh, we've seen what the Titans have dished up in the last couple of weeks and, and particularly what the uh, what the scores have been from a Supercoach perspective against them. Yeah, sorry to any Titans fans out there when he's not being too critical of them. You have been absolutely useless. But so, yeah, sorry to the one out there. <laughs> Sparky. But no, the, the thing with this game, though, everyone expects the Eels to just turn up and get the job done, 60-0 or whatever, but it is Parramatta. And, I mean, I'm sure their fans will be the first to tell you that they often don't capitalise on these sorts of affairs. So, anyway, I mean, the conditions on the Gold Coast, 6 o'clock in the afternoon, it should be fantastic weather up there. Cool, crisp, it's going to be lovely. If they're the real deal in this competition, the likes of Moses Gutho, Sivo out wide there, even Nathan Brown through the middle are surely going to tear this Titans side to shreds. So backing them all in. So we don't have to let you know about how poorly the the Titans have gone this year, but um, supercoach-wise, they're conceding almost the most amount of points uh, to to every position. Mm. Um, So um, let's run through the players of interest. Just kick off on the Titans Quickly. Uh, so Joy Arrow played yeah. 52 minutes in his return. Didn't really do too much. Can't be bringing him in right now. Brian Kelly. Um, so he's been quite good this year. Average of 56. Current ownership of 2%. Um, he's got a pretty pretty good run home. But the Eels have only conceded 45 or forty-five points per game to left centres this season. So yeah. that's really it from the Titans. Uh, moving along to the Eels. Clint Gutherson. He's been very disappointing of late. Um, there has been about a 10 to 20 minute period where he's playing dummy half, which 
Um, a couple of the boys in one of our chats has pointed out that um, effectively not getting any points. So he's almost just ha- having to score within all these super coach points within 60 minutes. Yep. Two tries last weekend for just 56 points. Mm. Two tries off kicks. But again, like he was probably 50 points at halftime and finished the game 56 or something like that. Like Completely killed his momentum moving to that hooking position. And it's done that for the last couple of weeks. So, I mean, expect that to continue. They haven't shaken up the bench rotation that much. So I still expect uh, Reed Marnie to get a rest. So. But it is the Titans, as we said. So surely Gutho is due a few more attacking points in this game here to offset that weird move to hooker that he's been doing. So the Titans have conceded 66 points per game to fullbacks yep. this year. So if you own him like I do, um, you own him, I think, mm-hmm. as well. you just got to play him and you know what, if he scores 30, he scores 30, but you'd be killing him yourself if if uh, if he tons up. Yeah, against the Titans, if yep. you're leaving him on. This, is why, this yeah. is why you have him. Yeah. Okay, Mitchell Moses, Mike Acevo, and Walker Blake, um, same reasons. If you own any of these guys, you're going to be playing him. Lots of people talking about captaining Moses. Um, I think it's a pretty brave move. Um, he's, his average away from home is nowhere near as good as what it is at Bank West, but in saying that, it, it is the Titans. <laughs> um, so for Sivo, the Titans have conceded 50, 50 points per game to, to left wingers, so if you own him, just got to play him. Um, and then Walker Blake is the pod. Of the bunch, so he's at just three hundred twenty-one thousand. No attacking stats yet, mm. um, but he's running up against Brian Kelly. He's looked good; like he, he looks uh, an inch or two away from breaking the line and busting a few tackles and that sort of thing. So it, it was obviously going to take him some time to settle into his new role and new club. Um, but yeah, if, I mean, if you're hunting, say, just a massive pod, if you've got nothing to lose, then three hundred k for Wonga Blake, who's been a five hundred and fifty k plus player, I believe, in the past, and we saw his form at Penrith last year was unreal. So, I don't know, get get on him before everyone else does, I guess. So the Brisbane Broncos versus the Penrith Panthers in the final game of Friday night, seven fifty five at Suncorp Stadium, which should also be perfect conditions um, for the Broncos. Uh, no changes at the moment, but. I think you're going to see quite a few um, over the next couple of days. Glenn and Gillette have also been have been named in the reserves. I'm expecting them good chances to come in, probably. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it could be interesting what happens then to Tavita Panga. So he's obviously quite super coach relevant there. Um, still sitting in the second row spot there. He got 70-odd points last week. It's, it's where he's at home in terms of super coach output. So depending on where they end up slotting Glenn, whether it's back in... Um, if he does make it into that center role and Gillette, if he can finally crack that, uh, getting back into the side again, I'd be interested to see where they move TPJ. But for now, given TPJ's at second row, I'm, I'm playing him. But if he shifts to lock or anything might happen with those minutes, then I'll be a bit hesitant. And then you've got a guy that I just do not know how to pronounce his name. Isaiah Perezzi? Oh, maybe. I was looking at Isaiah, Isaiah. Hmm. We'll find out. We'll find out. Mm. First game, um, apparently he's a tackle-busting freak. uh, Another potential 2020 cheapie that um, could be taken away from us, which is not great news. For the Panthers, um, James Maloney is back from suspension. Matt Burton drops drops out of the side. And Crichton and Linu have retained their spots, while Isaiah Yao has been named to start, and Liotta goes to the bench. Um... Broncos, Suncorp Stadium, generally this is a pretty good recipe for Supercoach success, but the Storm absolutely flogged them last time they played here. 
Yeah, I mean, that was the storm. For whatever reason, Broncos just can't get it done against them at Suncorp or, or anywhere, really. So I th- I'm pretty sure they have a good record against the Panthers up there. So, I mean, it's a matchup that they should do well in uh, in here. But, yeah, I mean, who knows what Broncos side is going to turn up. They were awful last week. So looking at players of interest at the moment, starting with uh, Pangai, you have mentioned him, but he was uh, very good again um, against your boys. Uh, mm. Lucky to hold on to that line break assist. Many thought Milford should have had that. Um, so the Panthers have conceded over 60 points per game to right edge. So as long as he stays there, then yep. um, potentially he's looking for another big game. So if you own him, um, based on what he's been doing in that position, you've just got to keep playing him. A guy that I'm not going to be playing this weekend, despite... Um, returning to Suncourt Stadium is Anthony Milford. I just don't trust him. The base is not there. Scored a try, try last week. I thought we were set for a big game. I had raised my concerns about how I was maybe going to play him. Um, was persuaded by, guess who, Wilfred. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I won't be playing him again unless he proves me wrong. That's it. Like he, what, he had six runs against the Storm and I think 12 last week against us. They weren't fantastic and... Yeah, he's back at fullback. Everyone sort of expected him to, to burst out of the, the blocks, but he hasn't. So, I mean, it's a tough call, but you've got him there for a reason. So it it is a tough cause that to sit him. So he's at Suncorp. This is where you guys always bang on about Prove me his wrong. averages and all Prove that. Prove me wrong, Milf. Prove <laughs> well, me there wrong. you go. That's it. He's got a couple at Suncorp after at, this as well. Yeah. So if you see something you like. At the end of the day, given the form that Johnson and Cleary are in, mm. it's really hard to find room in your side for, for Milford. Um, there'll be a matchup, I think, with the, against the Bulldogs coming up that I'll, I'll likely start in. But apart from that, it's going to be challenging. Tony Staggs, who had a brilliant run of form for a couple of weeks, came crashing back to earth last weekend against your boys, despite the Cowboys having conceded plenty of points down his edge. He just didn't get the ball. Yeah, um, and it was couldn't maybe, hold it. Like, it, was, it was an awful game for outside backs there. So he's 515,000 now. Um, I'm going to be looking to cash in on him and move him to a genuine keeper. I've got him sitting in my second row. Um, so I'd be looking to probably make that move. Shifting along to the Panthers. So you've got Nathan Cleary, who flourished last weekend without James Maloney. He's done that previously. Yep. Um, given his form, uh, well, what he showed last week and then what we've seen for the Broncos over the past couple of weeks, you can't be benching him, I don't think. Um, he's just got such a, a high floor for a, a for a half, given that he is kicking, and I can see plenty of points in this game. It'll be a tough call if you've stacked your halves, I reckon. If you've got the likes of SJ, Cleary, Moses even, um, DCE, these sort of guys in there. Um, whether you can play all four of them, uh, this week probably would be a handy one to do. But if you are trying to toss up there, I reckon Cleary away from home with Maloney back could be the one to make way, even though we saw he, he tunned up. So it'll be a very another tough call that you'd have to make. But yeah, I mean, we all know what he can do without Maloney. Now he's back. Suncorp, tough ground for the Panthers. So if I don't know. To, if you're trying to play cute for whatever reason, he could be the one to make way. I just think that um, if you look at his scores over the past six weeks, they get one blimp. The rest of them have been 70s, 80s, and then he had 139 uh, last week. Um, he averages over 70 points per game against the Broncos. Jeez, that is quite handy. Cacao, so predicted it last week that um, without Maloney in the side, um, Cacao could have a down week with Cleary playing on the other side of the field. Um, but with both the gun halves in the Panthers lineup this week, Kakao's uh, a guy that I'll be adding to my 17. I know that he hasn't been performing that well, um, but we saw what Kenny Bromwich did, did down the left uh, 
left side of the field. We just did. We had a two weeks front ago. Row seat to that, didn't we? Um, that so with that with that said, I think he's uh, you know still quite low ownership at the moment. A guy that I'll be plugging into my um, seventeen. Not worried that he just parks himself out there, doesn't make the runs. So he he hasn't been very involved of late. Loney will be just dishing him lovely balls <laughs> this week. <laughs> oh, it's, a, it's a big call because you are floating around that top 1K. So here's a... I'm just about to find his uh, ownership, but he would be quite a big pot play. He's about 5%. And he's due. Like we always talk about in this game, it's not statistically based, but he's due, right? He's 470K, which is unreal. It's currently sitting at 8,600 owners. So I think a lot of people have jumped off the ship. Uh, if you're backing him in... And a lot of people won't be playing him as well. Yeah, I mean, three-round average of 40 as well. Like, there's not a lot there. Not I'd a probably, lot there, but... a, he's a guy that I'd play over Matto. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you got the match up there. Broncos concede a few points. So anyway, good luck. So the Knights versus your boys, the uh, Brokeback Cowboys on, How dare you? on Saturday. I expect a lot of hate mail. I'll Thank be getting you. hate. Cowboys fans rally. 3 p.m., McDonald Jones Stadium. Uh, just tick this one up for the Knights, I reckon. <laughs> uh, so you got Connor Watson returning to starting hooker with Danny Levi dropping to reserves. Tim Glasby is out with concussion. He's been replaced at lock by Josh King. The new man on the bench is Herman S.A.S.A. For the Cowboys, you got Jordan McLean, who's back. Matt Scott holds his starting spot. Uh, with Josh Maguire out for the next three weeks. Jordan Carhu is back from injury. Gideon Gallimosby drops out. And the other change is Ruben Cotter elevated to the bench at the expense of Peter Holler. <laughs> Holler too. Yeah. yeah, that's a couple of interesting changes there for, I guess, I thought McLean looked like he was in a bit of trouble with that calf, but he's he's back there. Whether or not he can push out a lot of minutes will be interesting. Um, Maguire's... Uh, loss for the Cowboys, I reckon, is, is big news for Lolo. So he's been going under 60 minutes, just incredibly. Our best player, our best forward, let's just have him warm the bloody bench. So for whatever reason, that's where Paul Green's gone. But I think with those forced changes, no questions now about Lolo and where do you play him. It's a daytime game against the Knights. So locking him in there. Outside of that, not much doing for the Cowboys super coach wise there. So just before we move off, them off Lolo. The one thing is to say is the Knights have conceded the least amount of points to Locks this year. They haven't played Lolo yet. So here we go. Here's the first big ton for Lolo. Well, I'm not going to be sitting him anyway. But So just tell me, what's going on with Kalen Ponga? He couldn't score under 60 if he tried for ever since he moved back to that fullback uh, position. And yet the last couple of weeks, he's still scored a try um, against the Eagles. And then last week was... I guess, okay, um, but for whatever reason, has just been so under. And it's Kalen Ponga, like, he's still trying to do the flashy stuff, but I don't know if just a long season with Origin and that kind of thing has caught up with him. Mm. But, yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting one. Just like Tommy Turbo, though, how, how long can they be kept down for? Yeah, that's right. So two sub-50 games in a row. Now, that, that's if you think about it, that was the first time... Well, since round three, he hadn't scored under 60. Yep. So that's just really amazing. Now is his time um, against the Cowboys. I'm sorry, Justin. I can tell you, but your side's shit. Um, How dare you. And he's also averaged 64 points per game against against the Cowboys um, since leaving them um, for Lachlan Cook. Um, and they have conceded 55 points per game for fullbacks this season. But you have... Um, identified maybe something that's going to impact him. You said that he's going to be playing on the side of the field that Opacic and Felt will be defending. Yeah, and they tend to be a, the tackles stick a little more on that side. Obviously, we got Cohen Hess. For whatever reason, is still as a second rower that's put on a stack load of weight defending at centre. So that's the state of our season. 
uh, with the returning Jordan Carr, who I, I believe is going to be the, the combination there. So that side of the field, Hessen Carr, who should be targeted by Mitchell Pierce. He tends to drift towards that right, Ponga to the left. So I reckon that could be where the ball will shift. But again, that's it's you know trying to be cute and trying to find reasons not to play. Yeah, he's got to play. Guy. He's a gun. So he'll probably you know what he'll we'll be leading the game with you know a minute to go and he'll just find a way to run a hundred meters and score against us. That's been our season. Yeah. So daytime game at Newcastle. Yeah, it's it's going to be a tough slog. I mean, the issue that I well, or I the lesson sorry that I learned last week was sitting SJ. Um, mm. Try to be a bit cute against the Panthers. Um, sat a gun and then he ended up destroying me. So um, lesson from that is to just play all your guns and there'll be a couple of matchups that you'll be selecting, like maybe a Madison versus a Kakao for me or something like that. But the guys like SJ, Ponga, Turbo, these kind of guys, you play them every single week. Um, before we move on to the next game, just a couple of other nights of interest. Mitchell Barnett, I don't know if you saw that try last week and that catch. That was It was like he was at the MCG. That was brilliant. Mm. Yeah, again, he, he scores big when he, he gets he gets across the a line quite uh, quite often. But I didn't think you'd ever want to mention his name on this podcast again after you brought him in for the buy round, and he ended up getting suspended. And yeah, thanks, I Mitchell. Even, I don't think you even started him. So he didn't have the line break last week for that try. So just seventy points. But the Cowboys have been dreadful defending down his edge. So could be set for another big score this round. Connor Watson um, played 35 minutes last round with Levi dropping out of the side. It looks like he's going to be the sole hooker this match. Uh, and if you are one of the lucky few that own him, definitely start him. Yeah, for sure. He's an absolute tackling machine. So, yeah, interesting. Very interesting to see Danny Levi benched there. Okay, let's just have a quick break there and we're going to return with for the rest of the game. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mate, I am so pumped up for this game. Uh, the Storm versus the Raiders, both sides looking for top four. Uh, Saturday afternoon, 5.30 at Amy Park. This, as I said, just shapes as an absolute cracker. So for the Storm, they've got Jerome Hughes returning to fullback with uh, Nico Hines dropped after a sensational debut last week. Uh, the only other change on the bench is Pappenhusen coming on for Billy Walters. And then for the Raiders, you've got Joey Leilua returns after a long layoff. Uh, and this sees Nick Kotrick shift to the wing and Bailey Simonson. Simonson star, your boy, hmm. dropped to the bench. And uh, Havili has been dropped uh, altogether to the reserves. All right, um, I don't think we need to say too much apart from the fact that we know that the Storm are just almost impossible to play against from a super coach perspective. They feature in the bottom three for 
every single position except for two, I believe. I think it's like wing and centers. Apart from that, they just they just destroy teams. Mm. Like even last week, the only person that really scored well on them was Campbell Graham, and he scored three tries. So, yeah, unless you're a winger getting over the edge, which seems to be the only way they can get scored on, then yeah, tough slog here for the Raiders. And then same can be said for for the Raiders though, because they've been conceding very few super coach points this weekend. So they've conceded very few points to second row forwards. Both of the average under 50 points per game. Uh, and then they've conceded the least amount of points to left wingers as well. Um, but apart from that, having a look at working across all the points against averages is really hard this game. I, you, I think there's going to be a couple of wingers or something that might score well. And, uh, and let's just jump straight into the storm because two of their players that have been in sensational form being the two Camerons, mm. Munster and Smith, Let's start with Smith, get him out of the way. He's definitely overtaken Damian Cook. He's regathered his throne as the number one hooker in the game. I think in the past five weeks, he's got 400s. Um, so he's in sensational form. Yep. Um, you can't sit him at any stage. Cameron Munster, on the other hand, he scored a 94 and 127 in the past two weeks. Um, but looking past that, He's playing against a side that's conceded just 50 points per game to left-sided halves, and he scored just 41 points against Canberra in Canberra in round two. Yeah, and he's he's been a weird, weird super coach player this year. Still averages something like 73 points, yet in amongst that, there's been about seven or eight games where he's hit 40s, yeah. which is good, like very nice uh, floor to have, but it seems weird for a player of his calibre. And, and I don't know, could this be one of those games here? So he's... Torn the Rabbitohs to shreds last week. He tore the Broncos to shreds the week before. I, f- I think the Raiders, in the form that they're in, and they were pretty strong against the Roosters. No, last unlucky, week. Yeah. defensively strong yeah. as well. Um, yeah, this could this be another game where Cameron Munster yeah, just goes a bit low? So my boy Kenny Bromwich, uh, he's been pretty good since the trade him out. Story yeah. of the year. Um, How but- are you still a thousand? I wondered this during the week. You have these one or two stories like, oh, I brought Kiko in, he was useless. I brought Barnett in, he didn't even play. Uh, brought Tapanay in, he was useless. I brought, I traded out Kenny Bromwich, and he's obviously ton. And yet you're still like a thousand. I don't think I've even really done that, you know, much ridiculous stuff. And yet I'm about 7,000 spots lower. The, I think the biggest reason for me is effectively nailing my captain selection every week mm. until last weekend. Plus a few of the pods that I do have on my side, like a Mamalo and those kind of guys, um, they've been really standing up. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, just getting a, the, playing Bron- like Sherry, uh, the weeks that he's oh, gone I've huge. never got him right. Um, never got him right. So I don't know. You're right, um, but I've thank- I think this is the first year that my depth's really good. So I've been able just to sit Kakao. But we all are. We're, I think there's there was a really good post today by NRL Supercoach Stats, which Carlos put up. But basically said I think there's like 21 players this year which are in the 60 to 60 category. Mm. Um, in previous years, it's been hovering around 12 to 13. So there's just so much depth. You're able to fill your squad. There's been lots of cash this year as well. Um, so those poor risky decisions. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they haven't uh, hurt as much as pro- probably what they would have done the, the prior years. Yeah, oh, fair call, but that's it. It uh, doesn't take a lot in this game to be between, yeah, top 1,000 and where I am. So, so anyway, it's all about next year now. So for Bromwich, so he looks like he's got a challenging matchup against a very good Canberra defence. Uh, if I if I still owned him, I'd probably be sitting here for this round. And then what about Josh Papali? So the original big puppy... <laughs> He's been um, putting up some big scores of late with a five-round average of 73 points per game. 
um, has coincided with two tries in the past five five weeks. But excluding those games, his scores have been very impressive. And it's not like um, sometimes you see these front rowers get you know extra minutes for a couple of weeks or a month at a time for whatever reason, bench rotation, all that. Papali still sits around that 50, if not lower mark. So these games here, he has scored a couple of tries, as you said. But outside of that, he's just been getting the work done through the middle there and looking super dangerous with the ball as well. So whether it's coming out of origin and maybe feeling a little bit freshened up, whatever it is, trying to get this Raiders side across the line into the top four, he's just been on fire. So... Yeah, he's definitely been, uh, not completely irrelevant, but just out of the talking picture for a long time in Supercoach, and yet all of a sudden he's burst back onto the scene here. So there's a couple of guys, and we'll talk about one later, Paul Vaughan, but Josh Papali right now, maybe you struck while the iron's hot. The minutes aren't crazy. 580k, so it's, it's, it's expensive, but it's it's it it's worth a, a crack maybe. Mm. He does have the, the attacking sets there. Um, last last two guys here to talk through, Jared Croker. So what I did mention before about the Storm not conceding too many points, they have conceded points um, to centres uh, that, that, that Croker does play in that position. And he did score 80 against them in round two. So if you own him, he's a sneaky player this weekend. And then John Bateman, he's becoming um, very close to just an automatic cap- captain selection. I think he's got a five-round average of 80. Um, this is going to be a test, but he scored 65, 65 points against against the Storm in round two. Yeah, that's it. He's He's been unreal the last few weeks. I love his running battles. He picks out the hotheads in the other side, like Latrell Mitchell last week. That was fantastic. So he's definitely warming to the task. Like his offload last week was incredible. I don't know if you saw that try. He's so good to watch. He's got like three or John four... John Rugby League, baby. <laughs> that's it. He's got three or four defenders on him. It's a nothing play. Like Raiders have just shoveled it out. A billion players have tried to do something. Just, oh, we'll give it to Johnny Bateman. He charges through, get the, gets the legs pumping, and somehow gets an offload behind him and Rapana just strolls over. He is incredible player. So, yeah, I mean, as you said, captaincy option if you're trying to play it safe. But, you know, I wouldn't be uh, backing that against the Storm just because. But Yeah, well, I tried the Cook uh, play last week in that that black fight. So the final game on Saturday is the Rabbitohs versus the Bulldogs. Now, the Bulldogs were up there with the Titans in terms of the easy beats. You're planning your matchups for games Mm. against the Bulldogs, but they've really turned around of late. So this... This is a little bit more, a little bit more of a difficult matchup for the Rabbitohs than what we would have hoped. Um, looking at their ins and outs, uh, they got Sam Burgess returning from a quad injury. Totola drops to the bench. Jaden Tua has been recalled. Dean Britt has dropped back to the bench as well. Braden Burns is back after being laid out last week, and Cole Turner is out. Um, looking for the Bulldogs, no changes at the moment, but Kieran Foran uh, being reported today that he's more than likely or not to be coming back into the into the Bulldogs which would then see either Cogger or Lewis drop out, but doesn't really have any impact to the Supercoach perspective. Um, having looked through the Bulldogs' stats and, and what they, where they've been conceding points, they're actually really, they've, they've really improved. Um, but where they are still conceding lots of points is in the outside backs. But unfortunately, that doesn't really help us this week because uh, the likes of a James Roberts or a Dan Gagai, who owns them? Mm. I mean, the only one in that back line there, and he's a left centre, is Braden Burns. So apparently they're pretty pretty good on them uh, over the last couple of months or so. So interesting play if you've got uh, a Burns sitting there. But yeah, outside of that, very surprising. And just on stake bets, don't you have one with former Supercoach Talk contributor Joe Fitz? Mm, I do. It's not it's not looking good now because your boys are horrible. Oh, man, I think we're level now. Really? What an embarrassing thing. Oh, no. I'm oh. pretty sure we both won seven. Okay, you, or... pull, you pull up the ladder and I'll run through the players of interest. Damien Cook, um, 
What is going on? Um, he's been overtaken by Smith as number one hooker, which we alluded to before. Five round average of 68, which, whilst it, it doesn't seem that bad, the fact that how well Smith's going is just it's a killer mm. for, um, if you don't own Smith. He does still loom as a possible captain option um, in any week where the matchup is right. He's produced scores of 91 and 80 over the past three weeks, and he averages as close to 60 points per game against the Bulldogs and produced 70 points against them in round mm. six. Sweet. So you got three big hookers, I reckon, in this game. You've got Cameron Smith, Damian Cook, and Cam McInnes, I would say, the three sort of more highly owned players. Out of them, like Cameron Smith tackles the least but creates the most. Cameron McInnes runs the most, probably creates maybe a little bit more than Damian Cook. Damian Cook probably is in the middle there. Yeah. So in terms of sort of... Cameron McInnes and Cameron Smith can do. It's going to be been sort of middling there in terms of what he's been. It's going to be a really interesting decision next year to see who you start with from a hooker perspective. Cook's not going to be. Uh, what was he? Seven hundred k or some nonsense yeah. at the start. Yeah, he's going to be. Year. He's going to be pretty good value. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the Bulldogs, Will Hopewaite. He comes off a below par performance against the Tigers, but faces a side that has conceded fifty points per game to right centre. So he's a. He's a, it's definitely an option for people looking to fill out their centre wing before that game. Uh, previously, he was getting scores in the 80s. So um, he's one if you're looking for a bit of a you know, left field kind of option for to finish off your center wing. Yeah, I mean, he's been up for so long. so And he's a bulldog. It's a very tough call. Let's move along to the first game on the Sunday, the Sydney Roosters versus the New Zealand Warriors. So for the Roosters, they welcome back Boyd Cordner. Potentially, he's been named in the reserves. That will impact or could impact Angus Cry. depends mm. if he plays. And then for the Warriors, no changes at the moment, but Cody Nicarima uh, is a big chance to return. Yeah, that's it. So Chanel Harris-Tavita has looked fantastic the last few weeks as well. So Cody is sitting there on that extended bench, but I really like what I've seen from the young, young half there who unfortunately escaped us as possible cheapy of the year when he got dropped for him, but... Uh, anyway, we'll uh, we'll move on from that. But yeah, interesting one here, and we'll, we haven't got him down to the run sheet there. But RTS, um, so we're talking about like the likes of Turbo and that being a bit down. RTS as well for anyone that still owns him has also just been hitting forties and fifties the last couple of weeks. So, what would you do if you still owned the likes of RTS for whatever reason? Are you you playing him here for sure? Um, I don't so know. Run out of trades, whatever it may be, like. I haven't. Yeah, it's it's, it's no, tough matchup for no, him. No, no, I would. Even the daytime there, X Club, and no. all that. Like, oh, I have a sneaky feeling that RTS could uh, could possibly win the the battle here of oh, turbos, the teddies. I don't know the 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 roosters where they've been conceding all their points is up the middle. Even if you look at where they've been scoring all the tries this year, mm. it's been up the guts. Um, yeah. I, I, if I owned him, I'd probably sit him, play. You, you're going to be owning a Turbo or a Teddy. Yep. Um, and then, you know, use one of the other reserve spots. We've, we've just named off. There's so much depth. Um, <laughs> yep. You know, so you, you just be selling someone else. But I don't own him anymore. I don't know. If I was going to put my uh, champ of the week on anyone, it's RTS. As a non-owner or whatever, I just reckon this is the game. Daytime against the X Club, SCG. I can see him going large here. It's Warriors' last chance, really. They've got to do something here. So, I don't know. I can see a big game coming for him if you've still got him. Okay, let's move to the players of interest. First, starting with Angus Crichton. So, he's been returning to the 2018 mm. version of himself while uh, Boyd Corner has been sitting on the sidelines. So, as long as he is named as in the start, on the starting edge, uh, then you just got to pick him. But be really careful with late mail. Boyd Corner will either return this week or next, which will make him basically null. Yeah, don't bring him in. Don't yeah, bring him don't in. Bring sure. him in. Um, Luke Keary 
So <laughs> this is ridiculous. So his last um, six weeks or so have been 105, 54, 96, 26, 110, 53. What's he going to produce this week? Oh, I can't really do the maths there, but oh, is that a ton? Probably a 90. We'll go, he's probably due a 90. He had the 50 and then the 90, so 93, I reckon. So the Warriors have conceded 56 points per game to left, heart, left halves this season. So Kiri, I reckon, set for a big one. Victor Bradley, he's been in fantastic form. He's mm. made the permanent shift to starting lock. And last round also um, was where he played his first full 80-minute game. Um, plenty of attacking stats there. Uh, but he's not someone that I'd be looking to to bring into my side. No, he's a very like high intensity sort of player there, and he was just in terms of super coach output being lost when he was at, at hooker there. But Sam Verrills has just come in and, and yeah, out of nowhere been a revelation at, at hooker there. Thankfully, he wasn't. He's got Jake Friend to return at some point. Yeah, he's, well. he's due back. I think just before the finals. So anyway, if anyone owns Bradley in draft or something like that, you're sitting pretty. So Kenny Mamalo was fantastic last weekend in shocking conditions. Yep. Two tries, um, almost tunned up. Uh, another very hard matchup this week is. But so looking at it here, the Roosters have considered practically the least amount of points to the left wingers in 2019. Compare that to Manly last weekend, and they'd considered the most amount of points to our left wingers. So Ruben Garrick just continually to letting those those boys come through. Um, and Carlos, again, in his buy, sell, hold article today, made a fantastic point. Just with the base that he's, that he's getting, he's, you just can't leave Mamalo out of your sight. That's it. He just runs the ball, what, 200 metres easy every game. So regardless of whether he scores tries or whatever, that's always going to be there, that floor. And that's ideal in a centre wing scenario um, to, to just put this guy in. Um, you know how, how high his ceiling is, and that's that's super important. So I wouldn't be trying to play it cute. Though. Regardless of the matchup, like, just, you just It's so hard to fit them all in. I mean, I'm, I'm having a look at my side. I'm just going to open up my side now. And he's one of the guys that I'm squeezing. If I'm going to be playing Gutho against the Titans, then... You know, somebody like a Mamalo, you know, could be making weight. But I just, like, the Warriors love throwing it down his edge. Um, he's, he's always seemed to be finding good ball on close to the opposition line. I know Brett Morris and Manu are pretty good defenders out there, but if the Warriors are going to crack this Roosters outfit, I reckon it's through the edges. So, for yeah, I'm not yeah worried about Mamalo against that uh, that Roosters side. So the, the, it'd be probably Mamalo versus, like, a, a Gerbo for me. Oh, depending, you're sitting outside the top 1K, so you've got to take the risk, yeah. right? So I'd rather lock in, say, a safe, you've got a safe, what, 60 points with Gerbo, or alternatively with Mamalo, you've got 100 plus, possibly. Tavanga. Mm. So I think last week was probably the... Uh, that try, that goddamn try. I sat there watching that, I'm going, oh, finally, Tavanga's just done what I expected him to do for last that? month. Oh, I think it was 75th, 76th, and he just strolls through and dots the ball down. Like, whatever, moves himself up to 80. Yeah. Before that, minutes were down a little bit. He's still tackling a fair bit, wasn't running. Like, finally, that hooking position caught up with him in that regard. And finally, no injuries for the for the uh, Warriors as well. Yeah, that's it. And for Tavanga himself, who seems to always just have a billion things going on, but manages to crack through. But, yeah, a weird game for him. So, as an owner, you would have been absolutely nervous heading into that final five minutes, but he got across the line, salvaged the score. Do you play him this week? No, I, I reckon that you'd sit him. Yeah, I mean, daytime game, Roosters are very... If he's dropping off tackles, the Roosters are going to capitalise through the middle. They're so strong there. And that if he makes a few clangers, then he's getting pulled from the field. Yeah, look, I think you made some really um, valid points there, uh, and particularly the, the Roosters going down the middle. 
Um, but in saying that, uh, they've also been conceding Supercoach points a lot. Um, must be a bit of a tactic to, of them just to let them go through. So Tavanga could you know pick up lots of easy meters as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm expecting that he'll play 60 minutes. Um, you know, maybe like a Matto, he's probably safe for 60 points. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like second row as it stands isn't that deep if you look at some of the players in there at the moment. So, I mean, yeah, in, in terms of Tavanga, I don't think many owners are going to be benching him. But anyway, we, we can't speak on their behalf, can, can we? We certainly cannot. Okay, let's jump into the final game of the weekend, Cronulla versus St. George. I My mouth is watering for this matchup. It's a bit, yeah, that's Sunday afternoon. I assume that's because you've got a fair few sharks. I do, I do. Around. Yeah, that's it. We all remember what they, what bloody Bronson Sherry did. The week I had him on the bench, one of many, against the Dragons earlier in the season, and he just absolutely carved up. So this is round two here. So I think everyone's got their eyes firmly fixed on the number three for the Sharks. Indeed. Let's run through the ins and outs. So for the Sharks, Matt Moylan is back. He seems to be in and out every single week this year. Josh Dugan reverts to the centres. Josh Morris shifts to the wing with Ronaldo Molitalo is omitted. Andrew Fafita is out with a knee injury. What a really interesting and sad case that has been over the mm. second half of the year. Really, he's he's down to close to 400000 He's going to be so cheap next year. Um, looking at then the Dragons, they've got Leilua replaces Tarek Sims, who was out for the rest of the season after undergoing groin surgery. And then Blake Laurie comes onto the bench in the only other change. So the Dragons, we all talk about the Titans conceding points. Mm. Mate, the Dragons have been conceding a lot, almost just as many this year. So if you're looking just at the uh, right edge second row forwards, over 60 points. Fullbacks, over 65 points. Um, left side of halves, close to 60 points. Um, they've got right wing wingers, left singers, uh, left centers, which are over fifty points. Um, but interestingly, they've conceded just thirty five points to right centers. Um, so there's heaps of points in here for the Sharks. Um, and you've you've picked our boy, the first one, Bronson Sherry. He plays on at left center, where the Dragons have uh, conceded over fifty points per game. Mm. And last week they were horrible defending down that side there against the Titans of all teams. So the Titans put nearly thirty on them. And in the space of like five or ten minutes in that second half, I don't think you and Aitken made a bloody tackle. They just strolled through them. They were offloading and all that. Like if you can get Wade Graham feeding Bronson Sherry quality ball on that side, the Dragons are going to open up. Well, that was just that was well, it came back from almost twenty points down in yep. that second half, and it was all going through that left edge with, uh, I think, uh, from memory, you got Bronson that set up uh, Fecky uh, for a try, and then um, you know Graham had. Uh, a 90-plus points is going along beautifully at the moment. But looking at Sherry at Shark Park, at 65 points per game average this season. So um, whenever he's playing there, I am locking him into my side. Only caveat being I'm playing him, and I don't think I've gotten one game right with him this year. So beware, everyone out there, if you've been listening all season. I'm playing Sherry, so steer clear. So Wade Graham hasn't really been that much of a super coach, uh, you know, factor in past seasons, but... This return from injury, he's, got, he's produced back-to-back 90s, I think, and mm. he looks sensational for him. And maybe it's just having the likes of a, a Sherry outside of him. Yeah, he's been very creative since he got back there. So what you see with him is he gets a, about a base of maybe 40, 45, which isn't you know, fantastic for a second rower, but he can just create force dropouts. He can shovel the ball on and get a line break assist there, especially to someone as attacking outside him, as you said, as Bronson Sherry. So... Normally we see him, he has these massive couple of weeks and then just regresses a little bit. He's been up for a couple of weeks, 
Personally, as a super coach option, I don't think you can trust him based on his history, long history in this game. But yeah, I mean, uh, whew, very interesting couple of 90s there. So and with the Dragons here, maybe he's three in a row. Potentially, mm. potentially. But still um, can't, just can't trust. So Sean Johnson can't bench him with based on how well he's been going at the moment. And then Britton Nakora, uh, the Dragons have conceded over 60 points per game to right edge second row forwards this season. So he's, in, he's one of those... On the borderline, 17 for a lot of sides, and this is yeah. one of the matchups where you might just need to include him. We did speak briefly at the start about Paul Vaughan, and I'll give full credit to, to Wilfred in one of our chats that he brought to our attention um, how well this guy has been going of late. Five-round average of 65. All remember 2017 where he had season average in the high 60s. I think he had over 10 tries or something like that. 7% ownership. Uh, for mm. me, he's a massive pod. Yeah, absolutely. So we mentioned it with Josh Papali just before. So he scored a couple of tries in his last month or so. Um, but importantly for him, his minutes have been up as well, especially with this Dragons rotation. Um, losing Tarek Sims is big for them as well because all of a sudden you've then got Patrick Kafusi and Luciano Leilua in your second rows who aren't 80 minute. Yeah, second row. So you're going to need that bench rotation to be coming on, and that's why they've got a, a couple of second rowers there, as well as Jackson Ford, the one-game rookie as well. So all of that shapes up to, to me to say that Paul Vaughan's possibly locked in for another 60-plus point minute game here for the rest of the year. Yeah, if you look at it, huge. if you look at the games, um, and because I've been thinking about trading stags to him this week, I went back and had a look at the last two months, and, and basically in the, the games that weren't either injury, up, injury interrupted or affected by origin he's playing close to 60 minutes per game mm. and anything around that he's you know over 60 points and then he's one of those um props that just you know he gets just shoveled the ball five meters out like what Fafita <laughs> used to do and just crosses over for a try um and that's been proven over his recent career anyway tough game here but plays the titans in the last round happy to i mean no Fafita, so they've got and uh, who else are they what well, they got woods uh, lining up there. Let me have a look at the starting line. Seven hundred year old Paul Gallen still lining up for them there. Yeah, Matt Pryor Woods. Yeah, I mean they're, they're not the worst. They're they're quite good defensively. I'd back I'd back Fawn in. He's got a very high base as well. Um, so happy to probably take a punt on him. The final two players we're going to discuss today. The first one's Gareth Widop, who had a um, a brilliant performance last weekend against the Titans. Although expected a hundred points. <laughs> He produced 170 on them last year. So uh, for those that picked him up as a sneaky pod, congratulations. Um, however, the Sharks conceded just 43 points per game to fullbacks this year, and he's not going to get provided with seven goal-kicking opportunities. Yeah, you wouldn't think so. I mean, if you're yeah, basically season's done and you want to thank Gareth Whitt for what he's done for your Supercoach side in the past, given he's leaving to the Super League after this season, then maybe give him, bring him in for one last hurrah. He is playing, as we said, for Paul Vaughan, playing the Titans again this uh, in round 25. So that's huge. Hmm. Yeah, so I'll probably just letting him go. But yeah, he's a sneaky pod for the run home of that. He did allude to the easy game. And then Ben Hunt um, is the other one. So um, this is going to be an obviously a tougher matchup than what the Titans were, but they've still conceded 60, 53 points to right halves this season. He's a potential pod play, but you know it's very hard to fit him in. Um, with the the strong halves that everybody has, but these these dragons are interesting now. Widop, Fawn, and Hunt, given they've got the Titans in the final round of the season, mm. um, and then you know so they're and they're all pods. 
Yeah, Corey Norman as well. I think this is basically you're sitting out. It's about 73 beers deep on a Friday night and you're having a little play around with your super coach side and then you forget about it the next day and you've locked in Ben Hunt as your captain for yep. Sunday afternoon. That's possibly where his relevance lies for me. But anyway, for you know, for my sake, I'm 8,000. So I mean, now that we're talking about him, Gareth Widdop, he's looking rather attractive to me right now. That's the state of my bloody season, mate. Lol. Slash Captain Morgan this week. Uh, surely you just got to hold off to the to the uh, to the that final round of the season, and then bring him in. Then what could go wrong? Mate? Okay, well that is it. We've uh, we thought we'll keep this nice and uh, short, but we've uh, completely failed to do that again. Uh, Justin, thanks for uh, jumping on board, and it's uh, nice to have you. We're, we're coming to the end of the season. Ooh, Mad Monday coming up. I don't reckon Guy slash Trent from Punchy's got a. A big one in, in mind, so we'll have to get on board with that one. Yeah, some shelving or some bulbs or whatever they do. <laughs> Drive-in movies, that Wilfred, absolute character. All right, thanks, guys. Really appreciate you listening um, to us crap on about Supercoach for an hour. Cheers. How good. Yeehaw. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.